Welcome to the Wolverine Digest podcast, the best spot for objective and authentic coverage of Michigan athletics. If you want open dialogue, honest opinions, and in-depth coverage of the maize and blue, this is the podcast for you. And now, here's your host, Brandon Brown, joined as always by Chris Bryant. I just want to start by saying go blue. I, I promise I'm not going to spend a lot of time on my torso here. Bro! <laughs> it feels... It feels pretty good having the soundboard back. It feels like we're uh, feels like the season is close, almost like it's 30, are, 30 days away. We are exactly one month away from kicking off Michigan football in twenty twenty three, Mister Bryler. I'll tell you what, I was sweating my ass off today, Brandon, but it still feels a little bit like fall. You can you can feel it out there. It's in the air somewhere. Lo- like. Low, like fit like mid to low 50s are coming at night you know open the yeah. windows up get a little crispiness in your house and a couple Open's of guys like long. you and i who who run hot you know what i mean mm-hmm. if it gets above that 70 degree mark and the sun's out we're, we're gonna need a rag we're gonna need a towel need a F- fgr or your fat guy rag get them at your local ace <laughs> hardware sponsored by the podcast <laughs> Uh, that I, I've thought about that actually, like some stylish, like designer fat guy rag. Like if, I just roll with like your, your typical, like white wash. I'm not so sure you can do anything stylish with a rag that's designed to keep you from sweating profusely. Challenge accepted, Chris. Challenge accepted. <laughs> <laughs> nice little paisley finish to it. Yeah. It's a, you know, get something to match the fit. Same color. Have, have one to have one to match your three piece suit when you've got that real important meeting. AJ Cooper's helping us out. He's donated the first two dollars. Go fund me. Appreciate yes, it. Yes, sir. Qu- quarter mile in the RV. Check. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get that, get that thing going. <laughs> well, so we did, we did, a, we did a podcast last week after a, a, a long hiatus of the summertime, kind of being off a little bit. But even last week felt a little, you know. I mean, we were on, we were on location in Indy. We were all over the map we're a little tuned up and and not this feels like this feels a little like, tuned up a little uh, t- brandon can, can i ask are we gonna have any like mid-show uh spontaneous piss shit breaks or are we like are we in pocket here i'm not i'm not gonna make any promises but I, i'm planning <laughs> on sitting in this chair for the entirety for, the, for those of you who weren't who didn't see the show last week yeah. uh we, we were we were live from indy we were previewing big 10 media days and then all of a sudden, Brandon just gets up and leaves and goes to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, doesn't doesn't say he's leaving and do, like does one of these deals. Completely I, disappears. Uh, goes into the, the other room. Goes and takes a piss. Comes back like like it was just like like I don't know like it was just part of the show. It was wild to me. Usually, and I haven't done this a lot, but there's been times where I'm like, oh, I gotta go grab. So I don't know if it's ever been for a bathroom break before, but I'm like, oh, I need to grab something real quick. I'll t- I'll message Chris like yeah. in our private chat, and I'll be like, hey, I'll know it's coming. real quick. Just talk for a second. I'll be right back. Put Chris up like this. He, I didn't even do, but but Chris has told me he gets a little thrown off when I do that. He's not a fan of the. Solo I hate layout. it. I hate it. Well, you've seen what happens when I do solo shows. It's a it's a disaster. We have seen it. We could play it again for you if you'd like. It's one of my favorite <laughs> video clips that's ever been created. Uh, but no, so when I had to go to the bathroom, I'm like, I'm not, you know, Chris and I have both had a couple to sip on. I don't want to put him on the spot. Like, a couple, a couple, he will freak out. So I just, I just exit stage left and took care of business and came back and we, we rocked it out for our first show in a long time. And actually, if I'm being honest, I think the show was pretty good. We just had a little, there was a little snafu at the beginning. I did have to Listen, go to the bathroom. It's not a bad show. It's not, not a bad show for being live unscripted and quite drunk. I would say that uh, given all of those factors, it was pretty good. Pretty good. All right. Well, we're back today. We've got a little bit of a schedule to go through. We've got some things to talk about. Fall camp did start today. Uh, I mean, dude, I mean, just looking at the list of things you sent me, how many things have happened in the past week? I mean, it feels like a lot. A lot. Yeah. It's been busy. It's been busy. There's Um, plenty to talk about. There's no, you know, and perfect. Let's go right. Let's get right into it. Hector brings up a question right here. And it's one of the things on our list. He wants to ask, why does Michigan continue to recruit kids with strong Ohio state ties? Aaron Scott, for example, doesn't think Michigan gets it. They hate us. Well, here's the deal. 
as a person who covered recruiting for a really, really long time, the Bryce West and and Aaron Scott recruitments did have a little bit of a different feel. I still would have put my money on Ohio State from the beginning, but like those kids didn't give Michigan even like a chance before. And I think actually Aaron Scott, I don't know if torn is the word, but he was giving Michigan a serious look. I really do believe that. Like I said, I still would have put my my money on Ohio State, but you you know Michigan's winning that game the way they have the last two years, winning the Big Ten, going to the playoff. That that yeah. can start to change things a bit. It can. Well, I'm not I, I don't disagree with you completely, Hector, but like Michigan's not just gonna not try at all. I mean, like they they've got to try a little bit. Right. Yeah. No, they, they certainly have to try. And I mean, they, yeah. they've gotten some good recruits out. I mean, the number one running back recruit in the state of Ohio is committed to Michigan. They they pulled some great recruits out of that state. Uh, but I will say if, you know, if you're a recruit, particularly from Ohio and you're leaning Ohio, it never really hurts to throw Michigan in the mix because the way those two fan bases interact on social media, like if you're looking to gain notoriety, if you want people to talk about you, if you want your follower numbers to go up, like you throw Michigan and Ohio State together in a recruiting battle, and that's exactly what's going to happen. And I think for anybody that watched Aaron Scott's commitment video, which unfortunately I was one of those suckers, uh, showed up late, of course, as they always do, or said, you know, 6.15, they end up going live or you know, whenever it is 20, 30 minutes later than they actually say. Uh, to me, he clearly played up the whole Ohio State Michigan thing uh, to the very end. And again, if you saw the video, did did you watch it, Brandon? Did you watch did. the live commitment? What what was yeah, your let me ask you, what was your take on just the overall setting uh, where where not just Aaron Scott, his recruitment, that type of video, but where these things are headed in general. Are you a fan of these types of events these days? I mean, no, but I mean, the dude had a smoke machine under the table. Okay. Let's, or a yeah. fog machine. And there, it looked like they were down in a basement, maybe at like the VFW hall. I don't know where they were at, but they had a fog machine. Uh, you know, the, the theatrics with, I'm going to take this hat. I'm going to yeah. throw it. I'm going to grab this bag, throw it. Oh, I'm picking up a Michigan bag up. I'm just unzipping it up, pull out the Buckeye Jersey. Like to me, it was like, I get it, but I'm just real turned off by it. Real turned yeah. off by what, uh, what these recruiting announcements have become. <laughs> I remember, I can't remember the recruit that it was, but I, I remember talking to Quinn Nordeen, Michigan, former kicker, uh, former Michigan kicker, Quinn Nordeen, who was once committed to Penn State, and it was this was after he was already done at Michigan, and I had just randomly like DM'd him. I, I think I asked him a question. I don't remember what it was, but then he actually asked me something about how I used to cover recruiting and etc. And he was like, he like bagged, he like dogged a kid for like I can't believe the videos. I'm like, bro, didn't you commit on a private jet? You were a kicker, <laughs> and he, you know, he was once committed to Penn State, did this yeah. big theatrical yeah. thing, then flipped to Michigan. So yeah. this isn't really anything new. That's the point I'm trying to get to. It's not exactly new. And I, dude, I don't, I mean, how much of a dink would you have been at 17 if you were on that stage? I mean, you know, that's, I, I wow. try to keep it into perspective, Listen. but you're right. It's annoying, especially when Michigan's on the losing end, it stings a little bit more, but I mean, dude, people have brought out puppy dogs before and they brought their little brother out with a hat on and then rip you know what off. i you know what i like in it too it, it to me it's taken on the same tone as the um the gender reveal parties where everybody okay. gets together and they're shooting off different you know different types of colors or whatever the hell it's going to be it just seems like it's a little much and right. especially in today's day and age where the transfer portal is so active nil is a big part you're right these are young kids decisions can change people can grow to me it's just Look, I want them to enjoy their moment when they're committing. But for me, it, like, again, I'm watching this kid commit, pick up a hat, throw it away, pick up another hat, throw it away, yeah, pick up yeah. a Michigan bag like he's going to go to Michigan. And we all knew he wasn't just to pull out a Buckeye jersey. I, I mean, I know Buckeye fans were loving it. Maybe I'd feel different if we were on the other side of it, but we all knew where it was going. It just seemed yeah. like it was a little much for me, Brandon. It was a little much. It was like that with Bryce West too. I know the other cornerback that Michigan was kind of in on, and then he picked up Ohio State. And everyone, Ohio State fans, were like, "Oh, get told you." I'm like, a Glenville kid picked Ohio State. Wake me up when something like that. that wasn't that? Wasn't that what Aaron Scott said? He tweeted it out something before his commitment, like ready yeah. to shock the world. Like, no. 
No, you're Brad, not. There's nothing you're shocking not. about that commitment. That was the most expected commitment. In-state Ohio kids picking Ohio State is like death and taxes, dude. It's the shocking. It's the same. That doesn't mean that, that doesn't mean that. That's right, Tyrone. It's goofy. It's goofy behavior. We should call it that, out. That Michigan fans shouldn't still want that kid. They're they've got a lot of freaking good players in the state of Ohio. Like it is what it is. But that's not a big deal when a kid picks Ohio State when Ohio State is like all in for that kid. Michigan landing Jordan Marshall is a massive deal. It's yeah. it's kind of been swept under the rug. It hasn't really been that paid attention to. But that's a kid that well, Ohio State yeah. wanted from their backyard and Michigan went in there and got him because of how they use the running backs and because of what that kid's going to be able to do in the winged helmet. That's it's, it's going to happen more and more if Michigan continues to win more often and win at a higher level. But I mean, Ohio state ha has always got good players and they've always yeah. got the best players from Ohio. It's nothing new. Listen, how about this? I, I will say this. I, I hated the Aaron Scott theatrics, but then when I look at Amari on Stewart, his commitment, I mean, his dad came out in a full-on Wolverine uh, like <laughs> costume, and I was like loving it. Wrote an article about it, so maybe I'm just being a bit of a hypocrite. Maybe it's a little sour grapes for me. Maybe it's a little bit of the fact that I'm just getting older. Uh, but I just uh, I wasn't a big fan. Wasn't a big fan. And I don't Geo Goj. I don't. We never swore up and down that Aaron Scott was going to pick Michigan. I, I think I said that Michigan had done a good job with him, but. I've been saying no. from the beginning that he was probably going to Ohio State. Until that starts to change, like over time, I'm always going to say that Ohio kids go to Ohio State. That's, that's how it's always been. So I don't. Maybe yeah. you're confusing us with somebody. Plus, when would we? When were we saying that? We haven't had a podcast in a month and a half. I'm not really. I don't. I'm not really following that. But anyway, that's the Aaron Scott deal. More power to you. I said this when he committed, and I can't help it. It's the competitor in me. I get a little. I I want to talk a little shit anytime something like that happens. I'm like, well. Hope he likes to tackle because, I mean, that's what you're, you know, tackle them backs at Michigan when they're carrying it 30 times a game. Or maybe maybe he can watch the film from Adrian Martinez and see how it looks to get beat by 30 <laughs> yards on a deep ball in, in the shoe. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if they can figure that out because I, I, I uh, you know, I, I think I'm going to be picking Michigan to win that one again this year. And then, you know, we'll see what it looks like. Uh, we'll see what it looks like next time. Anyway, Chris, you also said that you, you think the Ohio State fan base is just – I don't know. On one, they just haven't. They 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 just can't learn a lesson. Is that they're out of control? Well, this you know, it's part of the Aaron Scott commitment. I mean, listen, I remember the days when, as a Michigan fan, you had to like look at things like recruiting success, off season stuff. You had to pretty much look around to find any sort of semblance of happiness because Michigan wasn't beating Ohio State, and you would think that. After the last two games, look, it's not like Michigan has just edged them out. There was some controversial, controversial, uh, like the spot game in 2016 where Michigan's won a close one. It has been downright ass whoopings, ass whooping in 2021, ass whooping in 2022. And that fan base continues to talk as if like the last two years are irrelevant. And it's only like a real small time frame they're interested. It's always like, well, if you go back to the year 2000 and then time stops there because you can't talk about any time before that either. I just feel like this is really good at that. They're very good at that. <laughs> that group of fans and that program, the overarching theme here is that they are not even close to being humbled by what's occurred over the last two years. Hell, the fact that three-star Mikey Sainer still ran out onto the 50 and planted the block M flag was not enough to humble those clowns down in Columbus. I just think these ass whoopings need to continue. Michigan cannot take their foot off the gas in this rivalry because I'm tired of the whole like, oh, the last two years are irrelevant. Let's talk about the last two decades. Like why? Like the way I thought it worked is if you get your ass kicked last year, then those that team and those fans have bragging rights. Uh, but that hasn't sunk in for the, the the folks down in Columbus. And they annoy the shit out of me, man. They just really bother me. They bother me. That's that's ultimately what it comes down to. I mean, you know. You just can't. Who is, who is this GOJ clown? Who is he in here? You can't just I, ignore 20 years, fellas. Well, like, I was, okay. was going to say something similar to that. I was going to say, but they've been so good that it's like, I, I do understand that some of them probably have that built in, but like. 
two years in a row. You, I don't know why you would be running your mouth now. But, but where's the cut? Where's the cutoff then? Like that's what right, I'm that, saying. That, like what, what, what? It's an arbitrary time. Like I get it. Yeah, two decades. That's a long time. And from what we've been told as Michigan fans is what's happened prior to that is relevant because college football was so different and it, you know, BCS, the playoff era wasn't there. Like all these things were different. Basically what they're saying is the success that they've enjoyed over the last two decades, 20 years from now is probably going to be irrelevant. Nothing they did because the game of football and the way everything operates is going to change so much by then that none of those wins matter. I just have a really hard time with these arbitrary timeframes that people want to put out there as if like, this specific time matters most because it fits my narrative. Here's the reality. You got your ass kicked in your own building last year. You got your ass kicked before that. Maybe you should just tone it down and humble yourselves a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, especially last year to lose, to, to lose by 22 at home. And I, Did look, you I see the talk with what they were saying yeah. going into that game? Bloodbath. It's going to oh, be yeah. CJ Stroud. Oh, good weather. Uh Oh, look out. Stroud's going to sleep. He was on his ass. Michigan was running all over them. It was bully ball in their own building. And yet they're still talking. Yeah, no, I, I, it, it's, you know, eh, that's, that's what makes it the game. That's what makes it, uh, the best rivalry in all of college football, probably in sports in general. But yeah, I mean, I say I hate it, but I do love it. I it's sports. Much, I embrace it. Well, and, and then all, all you have to do is just okay. I mean, most recently, what do you got? What what do you got most recently? And that's where the argument ends. I mean, you can what have you done for me lately? Go back as far as you want. You can pick any starting and ending point that you want. What happened last year? Boom. And until that switches. That's all. That's the, that's the mic drop. That's all you need to say. That's, that's one of my favorite, even, even, uh, Michael Winglikowski. Oh, hopefully, hopefully I said that right. Perfect example. And even Ryan day was sort of echoing that same sentiment at, at big 10 media days as if it's just a couple of key plays here and there that really shifted the game. No, you got your ass whooped in the trenches. Donovan Edwards ran all over you. JJ McCarthy was throwing the ball all over you. Wide receivers were getting wide open. It's just, it, it was more than just a couple of plays here and there that swung that game. You got your ass beat. Just say it, just admit it. Yeah. I was actually on, uh, Jamie Morris's show today, Chris, and he talked about that. He, he said, if you watched what the game looked like in the first quarter versus the fourth quarter with Michigan's offensive line, he said it was an absolute, just dominant, dominant force by the time, like the way that Michigan's offensive line wore down Ohio state's defense by the four. It's not a, it's not a secret that Donovan Edwards popped off two eighty yarders. By that point they were, they were done, dude, that, that O line had been leaning on them and leaning on them all day long and just busted it open at the end of the game. Yeah, the, a couple huge key plays happened because of the game planning and the approach and the play calling and the talent on the. I mean, like, how many big? It was. I was only like six play, dude. How many six play? How many plays over sixty yards do you need in a game to realize you got your ass whooped, man? I don't understand that. That's we've talked about this before. It's like, you know, Blake Corm has a big game. Well, if you take away his eighty-yard run and he only had forty-five, like, yeah, are you taking away his eighty-yard run? Does it not count? It counts the same as all the rest. Because it doesn't fit my narrative, Brandon. Yeah, it's just such a weird way to explain something. Um, but hey, I whatever. If it's just a few key plays, if they maybe this year it'll only be four key plays, Chris, and Michigan only wins by fifteen. I'd still be just fine with that, right? Wouldn't that be awful? Anybody's but a care. It is coming, by the way, this year. We know Michigan's going to beat that ass in Ann Arbor this year. So this is an interesting thing that was brought up. This is one of the things I had, but since we're kind of talking about it right now, where do you think this, because if you look on like ESPN or maybe ABC or NBC, one of the other big, big time networks, Ohio state is like the runaway favorite to win the big 10. And I just cannot comprehend why. I mean, like, well, Lord wasn't it Heather? Out- it was Heather Dinich. It was her list, right? She was the one back. that put it together. I mean, uh, that's one of many. I mean, like if you know, Vegas odds, I think has Ohio state. Listen, I'm just like, what have, what have they done? That's going to change what happened. I don't understand. Ohio they're, state, they're- Clemson, Bama. That's just the safe. That's the safe route to go and, and give them credit. They have been dominant for so long that like when you're putting together your odds or whatever, you know, FPI, whatever the hell it is, you're putting together the metrics you're using. Those teams are going to be, in those positions until a program like Michigan and some other programs in the SEC, you know, Georgia, for instance, 
continue to step up and continue to dominate. But yeah, it's always Alabama. It's always Ohio State. It's going to be Georgia. Michigan's on the cusp of that. But, you know, there's still some lingering things out. It's been a great, phenomenal uh, two-year stretch for the Michigan football program, beating Ohio State twice, winning two Big Ten uh, championships, and then getting the college football playoff twice. It's been awesome. But there's still that lingering narrative out there that, uh, you know, Michigan can't get it done in the postseason. They can't win a bowl game. And I think I saw something, and again, it's arbitrary. I don't, you know, put as much stock in it as you want. But if if Michigan loses the bowl game this year, Jim Harbaugh will have the worst or be tied for the worst bowl record, like yeah. of coaches who have coached like 10 years or, or, or 10, almost 10 years or whatever the, the span was. Bottom line is, He's got a real terrible postseason record that needs to be dealt with this year. And I think I even put out an article about it. Like there's nobody that's really debating whether or not this is the best team he's had since he's been there. You have to get a win in the postseason, even if it's a semifinal win and you lose in a national championship game. Like that's one thing, mm -hmm. but you've got to get a postseason win this year. If you drop it again with arguably the best roster you've ever had since you've been there, that narrative is going to continue to grow. And, and to be honest, there's some teeth to it. Why can't Michigan get it done when it matters most? And you can say, you know, I get that TCU, Michigan should have been and was the heavy favorite there. TCU was a good team, but there was still no excuse for Michigan to lose that game. We can go back and dissect that one and see all the instances where Michigan shot themselves in the foot and a couple calls didn't go the way they wanted. But at the end of the day, like, missed opportunity there last year. You have to get it done this year. Yeah, and the Ohio State thing again. I just, I would, I would love to hear an objective exp explanation from someone who knows Ohio State in and out. You know, somebody like somebody that knows Ohio State the way we know Michigan. Just explain. Tell me how Ohio State's better than they were last year. I'm, I'm dying they've, to hear it. They've got questions up front. They've got questions at the quarterback position. Dying I mean, there, there's questions all over that team. It doesn't mean they're not going to be good. They're but talented. then you look at the There's schedule, no right? They're, they're talented, but they've also got to go to South Bend and play Notre Dame, who's going to be wearing those, uh, those, the, the what was it, the, the, the lime green uniforms are bringing out for that. I don't know what the hell color that is, but you know, they, they don't have an easy road either. I just feel like it's one of those things where you sit back and you say, okay, Bama, Georgia, Clemson, Ohio State, and then we'll go from there, regardless yeah. of what the talent is, because you just assume that those teams are going to be in the hunt. Yeah. Yeah, that is kind of like the big four of the playoff era. I mean, every year, year in, year out, it was yeah. two or three or two or three of those teams in the finals, and one of them winning just about every single season. So it, it's it's been earned, but I I just it feels like a it feels like a lazy take this year, given how Michigan has handled Ohio State in those last two seasons. The fact that it's at home for the Wolverines, the fact that Ohio State is breaking in a new quarterback, and I know by week twelve, week thirteen. Whoever the quarterback is, presumably Kyle McCord is not going to be inexperienced like he is today. Right. Is he I think you'd be you you'd be out on a limb by yourself if you said he's he'll be as good or better than CJ Stroud. I was gonna really? say, is he Justin Fields? Is he CJ Stroud? Is he, J, is he JT Barrett? Picks. Right. No. Yeah. I you know, going all the way back to Dwayne Haskins. I mean, they have had quarterbacks that have put up just insane numbers and gone on to be very high draft picks. I don't know if that's going to happen with Kyle McCord or not, but that's, I mean, right. There's enough uncertainty to say they're not in as good a shape as Michigan. So I don't, I don't understand it. I don't get the, yeah. I saw somebody putting it in the comments. They're like, they have a higher percentage of making the playoff than anybody. Like, yeah. Cause they kind of see Alabama and Georgia as maybe cannibalizing each other. And they just, they just give Ohio state this monster edge over Michigan. And I think that is like so far off base. I just Which is even it. more wild considering they're coming to Ann Arbor this year. It's just, you know, but again, that's what two decades of dominance will do for you. I mean, yeah. they're going to continue to get the benefit of the doubt, but I agree. Uh, I don't think Kyle McCord is Dwayne Haskins. I don't think he's CJ Stroud. I don't think, I just, I don't see that from him. Uh, could end up being proven wrong as the season goes on. He might light it up. He might become one of those dudes, but I highly doubt it, man. It just feels like, in this conference in particular, this is Michigan's conference right now until somebody says otherwise. And, you know, I, 
I I maintain that uh, you know Ryan Day is not in the same mental space as he was two years ago. I remember the first time I saw him take the podium, I was like, "Bro, they just got rid of freaking Urban Meyer and might have upgraded." Like, how the hell does this continue yeah. to happen for them? And now, you know, he's talking about moving the game, and I think you. I'm just like, bro, this dude shook, man. He shook. He feels it, and he knows that game's there, and then at the end of November, and he's probably going to be. You know, have ten or eleven wins when that one rolls around, and it's gonna be it's gonna be another uh, another huge huge matchup. And I don't know what they've done that that's gonna cre- that's gonna create a different outcome. I just don't. Michigan's got yeah. so many more things working in their favor than Ohio State, and I I just I I would I would love for someone to disprove what I'm saying, but right. I just don't know how you can. I'm legitimately asking, what is it about them this year when you take away C.J. Stroud, you take away Jackson Smith and Jigba, who didn't even play last year? Great culture over there, by the way. Let me just get ready for the NFL in week two. Uh, and then, you you know, Zach Harris. I mean, a bunch of these dudes, man, big-time players that went pro, and now they're, like, just the, the odds-on favorite to get to the – I don't get it. I don't get it. That's that's my end of my rant there. I don't know why people are picking them so – convincingly i think maybe that's what if you think ohio state might get michigan this year all right so be it but 82 85 chance to make the playoff i don't know marvin harrison jr he's really good but will johnson's pretty damn good too and so let's line him up and let him play it and how how good is that man i look i don't want to i don't want to scream through the season here i don't want to (laughs) rush anything first day like let's get it but damn it, that matchup between Will Johnson and Marvin Harrison Jr. in the big house, probably yeah. some snow falling again, cold. Just oh man, very much so looking forward to that uh, that matchup. How about that? And you and you know there's going to be so much on the line, oh, yeah. so much on the line going into that game. Probably both undefeated. If anybody's got a loss, my money's on the Buckeye. Let's put it this way. If if you knew one team was going in undefeated and another team was going in with at least one loss, who would you put your money on right now as the undefeated team? Well, I thought you were pretty con- convinced that Michigan was dropping one in happy. Valley. I do, but if I had if I, if I had to put money on one or the other going in undefeated, my money's on Michigan going in undefeated. If I had to pick I'll one or the other, I'm too. I'm quite certain that Ohio State's going to lose at least one game this year, but I could see it being two or three. I'm not sold on Kyle McCord, and I know they've got some problems up front on the offensive line. I'm not saying they won't get better. I'm not saying they won't figure it out. But that's a tall order for a team that has the highest expectations for making the college football playoff, and you've got to replace a first-round draft pick in uh, C.J. Stroud. So Account 22 with a decent point. I mean, I'm, I'm not – this is not like this is not like some bad mojo or trying to put voodoo on Marvin Harrison, but you will, he tweaks a little ankle week three. He's a top five pick right now, bro. He is shutting it down, dude. Shutting it down. What they do in Columbus, bro. The both boys. uh, You make a point. You make a point. That's what they do, bro. That's what they do. They want to pump up that they put top five picks in more than the more than the the guys that play for them while they're actually there. You see how badass Nick Bosa was though for the for the Niners. Yeah, he played one game as a junior for you guys because he doesn't even care. Come on, bro. You gotta. You got to look at the big picture. I, I'm just saying, I'm just saying they're, they, they do not have anything this year that says, oh, they're like last year's that's not happening again. There's nothing that makes me think that. And honestly, this is the first year. This, this actually might be the first year and I don't want to jinx anything. I'm going to knock on wood here, but this is the first year that I can remember over the last two decades, we're going into this season as, as you know, take the analyst hat off the, you know, the, the, the media, just as a fan, I have zero fear of Ohio state I know zero as a Michigan fan. I, I it's been a very long time since I felt that yeah. I was concerned last year when we arrived in Columbus and the weather was beautiful and the crowd started to filter in. You know, I I picked Michigan to win that game, but as the hype and you know the and kickoff even, happened, even and first the, even early, even yeah. early, I was like, shit, here we go. Like this is this is going to turn into one of those those games, and uh, it just didn't happen that way. And now I get that they're returning some talent, but they've also lost significant talent at key positions. Zero fear of that program this year, and and I don't think Michigan fans or even Michigan team is alone in that. I think there's a lot of people around the country looking at Ohio state saying that's a beatable team at Columbus. 
gravel in the gut, Chris. Gravel in the gravel. gut after that first drive. <laughs> this is an interesting debate. Justin says he's 100% more worried about the Penn State game, and Chris has kind of been on that. No question. Year. No question um, about it. To me, that's that's the one game where, I, look, I obviously I want Michigan to win every single game, but I do I do think that's the game where Michigan slips up. I think it's going to be a t- uh, you know obviously it's always a tough environment when you go to Happy Valley, um, and and they've got a solid team coming back. You know they've got they've got running backs, defense, secondary, and I know that there's some question. <laughs> if you, if you listen to James Franklin, there will be a quarterback battle, but we know who the quarterback's going to be. He's young, he's inexperienced, but he's got all the intangibles, all the measurables. And I think by the time that game happens, I think he's going to be in his bag and I think it's going to be tough for Michigan. That is a sophomore Drew Aller, five-star kid. What, six, five, like six I was going to say yeah, six, dude, five, two, four, dude. big dude. Big arm, like big a, athlete. Like a ben Roethlisberger type guy. Yeah, he's uh... a little more mobile though. Much more mobile than Big Ben. Big Ben could get her done on the, on the he ground. He could get her done. He could get yeah. her done. A sophomore Big Ben could run a solid five flat, I would say. There probably. you go. Somewhere in that ballpark. <laughs> Real quick, can I just mention how James Franklin came out and said, yeah, I just want to welcome uh, the new commissioner, Petitti. Called him Petitti in Petitti. front of the world. Not Petitti. Wow. Petitti. We'd like to welcome uh, Commissioner Petitti to the Big Ten. Uh, just so you know, guy? just so you know, it's been a quarterback battle every year I've been coach here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, sure. That okay. guy, yeah, that guy <laughs> just blew him off. Some dude with a with a beard and like a just a curly mop just blew him off. Oh man, dude, that was good. All right, well, <laughs> all right, Chris, let's let's just get it out of the way. How do you like your hot dog, Chris? <laughs> Boiled hot. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, slightly blistered. That's how I like it. That, I like it just like they cook them at the big house. The big yeah. house, the famed big house barbecue, my favorite boiled hot dogs, craft mac and cheese. That's how I get it done on the Listen, weekend. I'm sure a lot. I, I didn't. We. I probably should have put the picture on here. I did not. Um, did I take a picture of it? I thought, yeah, okay. So for those of you who didn't see, I'm, I know everybody who's going to listen to this. This after is the, the photo that has gone uh, viral on Twitter. You know, it's what you see is a boiled hot dog with an untoasted hot dog but, bun. Chris, uh, look very look, closely. Listen, that's a grill mark, sir. I think that was drawn on with Sharpie person. All right. Well, <laughs> unfortunate bun placement. Uh, perhaps yeah. hiding yeah. the grill marks, no toppings, just a but you bare know, glizzy. You do know that's how I like my dogs. I don't want oh. any ketchup. I don't want any must. Don't put any toppings on that. All, just char. I watched, this, I watched this psychopath eat a 10 piece chicken nugget in Rosie dry. Just <laughs> it's, it's an abomination. I'm Nobody not a sauce do guy. It. I'm not a sauce guy. Chris can't be convinced otherwise. He will not put sauce. I mean, you're talking bologna, cheese, bread, boom, down the hatch. I don't no eat bologna. I don't no eat bologna. There's no bologna over here. Heaven forbid bologna is <laughs> just too much, but no sauce on anything, regardless of the dryness. Anyway, here's here's what I'll say about that. That Listen, whatever PR team is in charge of the barbecue at the big house, I get that a recruit took that. And, you know, he may have just taken some things that he liked and left, you know, some real delicious things that were available in the spread. Uh, didn't put them on his plate, but for the love of God, somebody has to come out with a photo and show some of the good things that they had there because that's all people saw food wise from the barbecue at the big house and nothing about that screams, you know, barbecue that people want to, you know, travel from across the country as a recruit. I got to get to the barbecue at the big house. I got to be there for that. That plate didn't scream that to me. And you know, I love chicken fingers, big chicken finger guy. I'll eat a hot dog. I'm not opposed to macaroni and cheese, but that, uh, that was a bad look. It's a bad couple look. things. I may or may not have talked to somebody affiliated with the program about said picture and two, I got two responses and I pretty much packed it in for the day. Cause that was all I needed to hear. One was, you should see how much fun everybody's having. Twitter is not a real place, bro. Facts. Well, Twitter is not a real yes. place. If you're if you are a fan of Michigan, you will know very clearly that over the last week, week and a half, Twitter is not a real place. 
<laughs> Amen. Right. <laughs> Second, that person said, if a player or a recruit is ever swayed by a picture of food, I don't have anything else to say to that guy. And that was pretty much the end of the conversation. Listen, I get it. I agree with it. I understand. But still, there has to be a better spread if you're calling it the barbecue at the bit. There's just I and I believe there was better I also, options yeah. there. I also but said I, I said anything. this. I've I, as someone who used to cover recruiting, I know for a fact that Michigan used to get it get food catered by Slows and all these other barbecue places. And maybe they they just didn't put any on their plate. I don't know. I mean, the kid took a picture of his plate. It wasn't like he was trying to make a joke. Listen, CJ so, Frazier nailed it right on the head there. As somebody who is down on the field taking photographs and I got to go in and get some food at, at, at the big house at halftime, what I saw on that plate, that was like some gourmet shit compared to <laughs> what us folks in the media get at halftime. Like, I'm not even shitting you. I have gone in at halftime at the big house and the uh, the serving has been a giant bowl of popcorn and you just fill up your bowl with popcorn <laughs> and and the, and the water the like where the bottle water is it's locked you can't locked. even get into it so so yeah meanwhile, i take some chicken fingers meanwhile i'm sitting in the Lizzie. press box i'm sitting in the press box like job the hut just i can't even i can't even fit another morsel in dude's my up in the press box with like his pants unbuttoned just trying to crab digest legs. falling asleep in the third quarter crab legs and prime rib i'm like chris what they have down there for you dude you i'm gonna like start packing my own lunch like a pb and j see if i can take that in yeah so something anyway hardy. the picture the picture certainly made the rounds um probably uh, not probably certainly blown out of proportion but i i agree with chris. probably not, why they not, didn't get aaron scott not the, yeah not the greatest look in the world uh, but you know, it, it is what it is. I know that they've had phenomenal food catered by different barbecue places. Maybe they just did away with that. They used to cater media pre media availabilities every week, every Monday. When we would talk to the coaches, we had food. Harbaugh put an ax to that in a hurry. Ain't feeding those animals. Listen, Get them listen, out of here. If we're being honest, if I was at, uh, the big house barbecue, which I was not, and would probably never receive an invite to. But if I were, that I wasn't plate... even allowed to take a picture of the sign. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's a story for another day and time. Uh, but if I were there, Brandon, I'll admit, my plate may have looked very similar to the one that was shown in that picture. Dry chicken fingers, dry glizzy, with a little bit of mac and cheese on the side, and a cookie for dessert. Hey. There ain't nothing wrong with it. It's just not that, very uh, picturesque. That picture should have been tagged Chris Briley. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. I'm that's, living, man. That's how he's living. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, I. it did get blown out of proportion. I know other fan bases took it and really ran with it. Um, really then, ran you know, with it. Whatever, man. Not the end of the world. Certainly didn't see the entire spread of what was available. I will admit the poor bun placement and no toppings on the glizzy did not help. <laughs> I thought the chicken tenders were fine. Again, where's the sauce? No we've dipping another, sauce. Yeah. We've got another sociopath like Chris who just eats everything dry. Hey, hey, hey I dip, like. I dip in, in in barbecue and buffalo a sauce. I'll do that. Yeah, right. a little barbecue, a little buffalo sauce. So, you know that that'll be <laughs> that'll be a minor blip on the uh, events of the summer when the season's here. I'm, but it, I was going to say, I'm sure it will have zero impact on the 2023 yeah. season. All right, Chris, I like this question, but I'm. I want well, I wonder where you're at on this because I don't I don't think I've thought of it this way. I'm gonna read the question exactly how you sent it to me, though. You okay. said, Do you see any scenario where JJ McCarthy is not just a first round pick, but the first quarterback taken in the draft? Yeah. I well, don't think I... he is the first quarterback taken in the draft as we sit here today, but there is a season to be played, and I honestly this opens up another discussion. Do we think this is JJ McCarthy's last season at Michigan? A couple things to dissect. There. Well, let's 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 try to address both of those questions. And the reason I, I sent you that was because it was it was somebody who was I think he's part of the Big Ten Network. He had put something out. Um, it, was, it was Adam on, Brenneman, former tight end at Penn State. There you go. So he yep. put something out, and basically, was he what he was hearing from NFL scouts was not just that JJ McCarthy had the makings of a first round pick, but they were talking like first overall. 
like over Caleb Williams, over guys like that, that they were viewing J.J. McCarthy in that light. And look, I'm as big of a J.J. McCarthy fan as the next guy. And I was, I was quite surprised by that. And I think that I don't think it's a talent thing necessarily. I think it's more of a product of the Michigan offense and just I'm not really sure how with the numbers he's likely going to have. But, you know, you can go play at any college. You can go play anywhere in the country. You don't got to be at a premier university. And if you show out at the combine, your draft stock can rise pretty high. And so we've we've been around J.J. We know – obviously what kind of talent he has on the field, but the character off the field, who he is as a person. I can see a scenario certainly where he's a first round draft pick, but going number one overall, I, you know, I don't know. I'd have to see, I'd I'd have to see more. I'd have to see more. There's nothing about Adam Brenneman that would make this like a bias. Like, oh, that's he just loves Correct. Michigan. Like, th- this isn't Jake Butt saying this. This isn't a former Michigan player. Kids from Pennsylvania played at Penn State. Was actually a freshman All American at Penn State as a true freshman. Uh, finished his career at UMass, and most recently has been the tight ends coach at Arizona State. I mean, he has no affiliation with Michigan, no ties. In fact, if anything, he'd be biased away from Michigan as a former Nittany Lion. So, Correct. for him to say that is interesting. But I, I. I think it's a little misplaced. And Chris, I think you you hit one of the reasons on the head. I, I just don't think JJ McCarthy is going to be asked to do enough to climb the ladder as a as a top overall draft pick. I mean, yeah, arm talent wise, athleticism, mobility, character, face of your program. He's he checks every one of those boxes with flying color. I mean, he passes every one of those tests with flying colors, but you got to put it on tape. You got to put it on film. And he's going to look good on tape. You're going to be able to find two dozen throws that he makes this year that just make you say, holy shit, that that's, that's working every Sunday. Yeah. But you know, I mean, Caleb Williams is, is freaking awesome. I mean, I'm, I don't like USC or anything, but he's, that kid's really good. He's really freaking good. Drake may, I know less about him, but he, you know, he, same kind of thing. He, he makes all the throws. He's bigger. That's another thing. JJ's he's not small, but he's, he's a little slight. Yeah. You know, when you talk about how guys in the NFL get get beat up and get hit up, hit on, um, I don't know. I he's talented. He's got everything you would want to need in a quarterback in for the face of your program. But I I don't I don't think there's any way he overtakes those two guys I just mentioned. If he yeah. even so, goes pro this year, right? So so first part of the question, you you do see him as a first round talent, but being for number one overall, you're not there. This year's quarterback class is really good. It's being billed yeah. as one of the best. In I mean, a long do you see time. him as a first round talent if he if he goes after this year? I know there's still a, a, a season of football to be played, but unless there's a dramatic drop off, I think everybody expects him to. I be would better. say so. Right. I would say so, but I. I just know that he's not going to be asked to do that much unless there's like a pretty significant shift in offensive philosophy. I just wonder how much he's really going to be able to put some of those things on display. And if you go back to last year and you cut up like all of his deep throws, he's got a couple of good ones, but he's probably got more bad ones. If we're being honest with ourselves, you know, remember yeah. the, the narrative early on was that he, he just wasn't connecting with guys on those deep throws. We all forgot about it completely because of how he played against Ohio state. And then in the big 10 title game. And then again, he was you know, connecting those, on that day. I can tell yeah, you <laughs> some of those issues popped up again against TCU and he had yeah. know, probably his worst game of the year. So, I mean, there, you know, there was some, there were some ups, ups and downs a little bit. And I think that's, I think it's fair to critique those when you're looking at spending a first round pick on a quarterback. I think, I think we'll see what this year looks like and we'll see if he wants to come back again as a senior. I mean, you gotta, he's only a true junior. He's draft eligible, but he also doesn't scream as the type of guy to get out of town as soon as possible. So this might all be a moot point. Yeah. I mean, we're okay. So we have a full season to be played. Do you think this is his last season in Ann Arbor? And, and, you know, if so, if not, I mean, do you think it's going to have to do with what the outcome, like if Michigan wins a national championship, does that increase the odds that JJ McCarthy has gone after the, do you think that really plays a factor or do you think something like, being a captain on this team, being a four-year guy, that that's something that's also going to carry some weight with him and that he'll end up back next year regardless of what happens. If I was put, if I was putting money on it right now, I would say he will be back as a senior. I, yeah. do, I just feel that right now. Again, we, you know, camp just started today. They played zero games. But I do think there's something to be – I mean, dude, if they make it to the playoff again and get beat in the first round or something again, 
if there's anybody that could that that would light a fire under it would be JJ McCarthy. Like just based on what we know about him. Another picture standing watching the celebration as <laughs> right, the other right. team's confetti flies over him. My yeah, goodness. So I do think that the outcome of the season would play a role in what he decides to do. If they go undefeated, yeah. run the table this year, beat Ohio State again and win it all, go, dude. I mean, go pro. I would I would probably encourage it actually at that point. But if they don't I think a guy, I think a guy like him would come back. You know, you, you will have Jaden Davis in the fold as a true freshman in 2024. The quarterbacks that are currently on the roster obviously would be back barring, uh, you know, some transfer situations. So I would, I would think that would play a part too. If he feels, you know, like his, I'm saying his, his quarterback room is not in the greatest shape, or if he feels like he could service the team and, and really push them again to be really, really good. I think all of that will come into play as we sit, Right here on August 2nd, I will say he will be back for his true senior season. I think so, too. And I kind of, in a roundabout way, tried to pry it out of his mom at that Big Ten Champions <laughs> camp in uh, in uh, in Illinois there. You know, several weeks back, I said, you know, we were talking about how excited he was for the upcoming season. And I said something like, and I was like, and it's great because we're going to get him for at least another two seasons. And she kind of like didn't give me like a real straightforward like, yeah, that's right. You know what I mean? She was nonchalant. So you know, I do think uh, this season will play a factor in what JJ McCarthy decides to do moving forward. I think if Michigan wins at all, uh, obviously higher probability that he goes to the league. But if they come up short of winning a national championship, I just think there's something in him that wants to get that done at this university, and he'll be back. It's also I'm trying trying to pull this up as I'm as I'm talking right now. There again, this this year's class is. Uh, quarterback class is being billed already as a, as a special group. And, you know, I don't know if JJ McCarthy's certainly not afraid of competition like that. That's, that's not part of that kid's no. DNA, but you, you got to look at that. I mean, if you say like, you know, this year, if I go, I'm the fifth quarterback on a lot of boards next year, I'd be number two. I mean, like right. that's a real thing. And th- there's nothing wrong with that, especially as a true junior, who's only going to have two years starting experience. I think these are all things that he's going to be weighing when he gets out of the, you know, when he finishes up the season, regardless of the outcome. Bulk up um, a little more, put on some more weight. Yeah, year I mean, experience. Yeah. I'm not sure. I think uh, the new, I could pull that up right now. I think the new um, roster has been released, actually, Michigan's football roster. What's he coming um, in at? That's what I was going to see. I was going to see if he's uh, added any weight. I don't remember what he They list him at like, year. they list him at 230. Do you, Six, five, do you remember what he was listed at last year, Chris? I don't. I don't remember. No. So right now he's listed at, I, I was going to say, I didn't want to say it till I saw it, but I don't think he was north of 200 pounds last year. I feel like he was like 194 or 192 or something like that. Listed at 202. He's now north of 200 pounds. I would give him all of 6'3". He's taller than I am by a, a decent margin. Dude, Drew Aller's got like 40 pounds on him. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah, J.J. McCarthy listed at 6'3", 202 pounds. I think he was 192 or 194 just off the top of my head of typing it a handful of times. But he's he's certainly bigger than he was two seasons ago as a as a true freshman when he was probably a buck 75 soaking wet. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, maybe, you know, maybe he's 215 or closer to 220 by the time he's ready to get out of Michigan. And then you're starting to look a little bit more like. Uh, you know, like an NFL quarterback. So I, you know, there's a lot of things to think about. I'm just looking at this article for the 2024 NFL rankings. You've got Caleb Williams, Drake May, Bo Nix, Michael Penix Jr., Riley Leonard, Jordan Travis out of Florida State, Quinn Ewers out of Texas, Jaden Daniels, KJ Jefferson, JJ. JJ actually comes in at number 10 on this list. I'd yeah. probably have him a little higher than that, but I think you could make a pretty honest argument and say he's outside of the top five. Would you put him ahead of Michael Penix for an NFL quarterback? I wouldn't. Not right now. The thing, uh, the thing is, I don't know. Injuries. I don't know enough about. Yeah, there's the injuries with Michael Penix, and then again, I, the stuff off the field, the mental makeup. Like I've got yeah. much more of an insight on that with JJ than I do with a guy like Michael Penix, and and for me that carries a lot of weight. And so I don't know. That's that's a tough comparison, but I do think to your point to the list you just read off. 
you know, it's a deep class and it's something that he's going to have to consider at the end of the year. And, you know, multiple factors the the, you know, the quarterback class is coming out. How successful is Michigan this year in terms of reaching the goals that they want to reach? And then what does he want to get out of his Michigan career individually? All those are going to come into play. And, And I think at the end of the day, we both agree more likely than not that he's back next year. I'm not mentoring, mentoring a young Jaden Davis, you know, I'm I'm not much of a Bo Nix fan and they have him at three in this article. So, you know, I mean, it's everybody's board is going to look different, including the guys in the NFL making these picks. But I, I, I don't see a, I don't see a scenario where JJ McCarthy goes ahead of Caleb Williams or Drake may, I just don't see it. I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. And like I said, I'm pretty high on Michael Penix jr. Other than the fact that he's been hurt. Listen, he's old. Unless JJ comes out this year, and just lights it on fire. You know what I mean? Like, I know that, listen, I know that Jim said it's going to be more of a 50-50 split, but just with the offensive line, the, the transfers, they, I mean, it's an NFL offensive line that Michigan's going to have this year. And that running back tandem of Corum and Edwards, I, again, we've talked about this on previous shows. I have come full circle. Just run the goddamn ball. run the ball until somebody proves they can stop you and run it all the way to a big 10 championship. And I think Michigan will do that. Yeah. So yeah, it's a, it's a fun topic. It certainly is a fun topic to have. I mean, Michigan is, is primed and poised to do amazing things this year with JJ McCarthy at the helm. And then it's going to be a lot for that young man to decide. It's going to be a lot for him to, to dig through and dive into and figure out what's best for him. And, you know, we'll just have to wait and see uh, kind of how that goes. Chris, I wanted to ask you about this as well. This was from the Big Ten Media Days. I I sat in on Blake Corum's media availability, and then we had someone sitting with Chris Jenkins and someone sitting Such with Such a sharp Sanders guy, still. man. Listen, listening to oh, Blake dude. Corum talk, like, all that guy is... Them, to be honest with you. All, but, all three of them, but I spent the most time over listening to Blake Corum and, like... Dude's a pro. Just just, <laughs> for, mean, just from where he was, like, when he was coming on the show as a freshman on the podcast, <laughs> and we were, you know, we were having conversations to, to the, the man that he was sitting up at that table answering those questions, man. So much growth over the last three years. Uh... Again, another one of those. I feel like Michigan's really good at developing those high character, high quality. You know, they know how to find those guys. And when they get them into Ann Arbor, man, they just, they develop. And I mean, he's up there talking about purchasing, like buying houses and wants to, you know, build a real estate business and all of this other shit. And it's just like, damn, man, like I, I, I'm I'm 39 years old and I'm still trying to figure out my shit. This guy's out there flipping houses, building a real estate empire. Mind you, Chris is the kind of guy who wants somebody with a with a record, the dog in him, somebody who's just going to slap somebody if they do something out there on the field. I if I and were in charge of recruiting, like if I were in charge of recruiting, <laughs> I would be like looking for extensive criminal history. You know, I th- those are the things I'm looking. I need I need at least a handful of those guys on my team. Uh, you are not going to get that with Blake Corum, dude. That dude is as buttoned up as they get. He's talking about his his financial literacy. He said the words financial literacy up there at the at the mic, dude. I mean, like, I bet like, you could go to. I had to I had to Google Google that and figure out what the hell that even meant. Like Google uh, definition of what that was. I bet you could go to multiple programs around the country and ask dudes to define that, and not one person on the team could give you anything that made yeah. any sense. It was. Yes. I mean. CJ Frazier. Yes. As much as I hate to admit it, I'm more of an urban Meyer type guy. Like, give me a guy who can give me like three good years in college who may end up in prison later in life. I don't get this matter. Maybe go out to the club and shoot a guy in the face. Can he put up numbers? Can he put up numbers? Does he got that dog? My cousin just texted me and said, I can't stop laughing about you guys talking about a bear glizzy on the podcast. It's yummy. It's phenomenal. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So, anyway, I say all that to say Blake Corum, one of the things that he said was that it, it is natty or bust this year for Michigan. They know they've been there. Uh-huh. They want, yeah. <laughs> Jim Harbaugh's never heard of it. Never heard the term in his life. Doesn't say, players don't, he's like, players. Nobody on my like, team. Jim, Blake, Blake, he's right there. He, he boy, just boy said just- it. <laughs> I don't. I don't think there's anything wrong with saying it, especially when you've been to the playoff two years in a row. Blake I have some thoughts on senior. that. Okay, Blake is back yeah. as a senior. 
He knows how he went out last year. He felt like he could have helped his team more in the playoff. I get it. I think it's a totally reasonable thing for someone on the team to say. I think it's totally unreasonable for Jim Harbaugh to say he's never heard it in his life and that no players have ever said it. I'm just like, I'm pretty sure the actual quote was like, I I, I don't even know what that means. It's like, Jim, yeah, you, you know what it means. You understand it. But, you know, it's that whole talking in circles type thing. But listen, he loves it. when it comes to, you know, his his outlook on national championship or bust versus Blake's outlook on that. Blake knows that this is his last year in our, in Ann Arbor. And so in terms of what he wants to accomplish while he's here, I can, I can, I can totally understand why, you know, these seniors, fifth year guys, guys that are like, you know, probably the final year at Michigan, why they would think this is a championship or bust scenario because they're not going to have another opportunity to do it. For Jim Harbaugh, he's thinking on a different level. Of course he wants to go and win a national championship, but he can't go out and say, like, if I don't do it, it's a bust because as the head coach, you are coming back presumably next year and the year after that. So it's a bit of a different, you know, different type of scenario. So I can see why the two guys would say it, but I just – I found it hilarious that he was like, oh, no, no, our players aren't saying that. That That's a media thing. And it's like, well, no, it's not a media thing. Like your, your top player on your team is saying that, you know, he's right over there, Jim. He's wearing a blue jacket. He's, he's right. Jim, you could, you could spit on him. He's right there. I know. Yeah. It was, that's just, that's classic Harbaugh. I mean, like it, you know, it, it just, it, to be fair, I thought he was great. I mean, you know, I, I, sometimes at the podium, you just you just don't know what you're going to get, and his answers are god awful. And he does. I thought he was great. He was laughing. He was he was in great spirits. He gets like this when he knows that his team's going to be whooping some ass. He has a. He even said it and like laughed out loud. Somebody asked him like, "How does this? Uh, how does it, how does having a such a good team and coming off these two year runs affect your mood?" He was like, "It affects it pretty well." And he just like started laughing. Pretty like, well. How could it pretty not? Well. You know, how could yeah. it not? Uh, but yeah, that's, that's Harbaugh right there. You know, not, not, uh, not buying into a term like that. You know what else is Harbaugh? He doesn't want to say natty. And, and maybe, uh, maybe not a lot of people know this, but I picked up a little nugget at big 10 media days while I was out kind of meandering about by myself. I caught Jim Harbaugh as he was walking out of the tunnel. He was about to come to the table. Hundreds of media folks gathered around the table waiting on Jim Harbaugh while he sat and did a satellite radio interview that I happened to just walk over to. And I found out that Jim Harbaugh is raising chickens. He's raising chickens. And unfortunately, I don't know if it was three or four or five, but a group of the chickens he's raising were um, uh, taken out by some coyotes. And uh, I just, it put this whole other picture like it. And I don't think you noticed, or you might've noticed it. Did you, did you see the the band-aids on his hands? So Jim shows up to big 10 media days. He's got bandages all over his hands. Turns out he was out doing some yard work. I think he had an allergic reaction. His hands were all jacked up. He was talking about raising chickens that they haven't laid eggs yet. And that some coyotes had taken out his chickens. And I'm just standing there thinking like, this is this is Jim Har- like this is what it's like to cover Jim Harbaugh like this weird shit out of left field that like you just don't see coming and then you hear it and you're like yep yeah, no that makes sense yep that totally raising chickens tracks. absolutely totally raising tracks. chickens out there in Ann Arbor at the mansion wasn't uh, was it a, a potential allergic reaction to pine cones or something I think it had something to do with pine trees or pine cones but yeah his hands are all yeah. jacked up hilarious yeah I mean. <laughs> I don't think he'd ever get on board with it. But yes, he, CJ. That's what I said. He yeah. did. He, he said chickens are nervous a nervous bird. bird. That's why I told Brandon he should be raising cows. That's yeah. what Jim Harbaugh should be doing. But uh, I just chicken I don't farmer. Think he'd, Jim ever, he'd ever go for it. But dude, he's tailor made for like a reality show. I mean, well, you, you, you couldn't find a better character. It would be like so like the awkwardness would be hilarious. And it's part of the thing that like, I think when you cover this guy, you love it and you hate it at the same time, depending on like what's going on when the team's doing well and everything's <laughs> yeah, exactly. going great. Like all of those qualities, it's, it makes it more fun. But when things aren't going well, it's like those qualities can really wear on you as somebody who has to cover them. And uh, yeah, I think you're right. Having a camera crew follow him around all day, a life in the day of Jim cutting the grass, raising the chickens, whatever else he's got, trip to Home Depot, be phenomenal.
Oh, dude, the the things he would eat. He probably gets up in the middle of the night and just <laughs> throws the first, footballs at his couch or something. I don't know the, what he does. The in instant there, he realized he had an, an allergic reaction, you know, <laughs> as he stares at his hands, confused as to why they're bubbling. They're just ballooning <laughs> up. He's like, oh. Put a pour some milk on it, or you know, whoever, know, whatever, whatever the hell he does out there, dude. His dad comes over, also crack, just a, a, crack a chicken egg over it. <laughs> rub yeah, it in. He, he's uh, you know, I've been as critical as anybody, but the dude has some endearing qualities, and he's entertaining when he when he can be, and been a, done. He's done a damn good job over the last two seasons. There's no doubt yeah. about that. Um. Well, Chris, I was debating, Chris. We're at 59 minutes. I had a thing I wanted to do, and then I've seen some people ask about the Valeni <clears throat> stuff. Yeah. yeah. Did we not talk about that at all? We didn't. That, that it, happened, it happened, Thursday. I think, when we were in Indy. And while we were actually on the live, people were asking us to talk about it, and we hadn't okay. really heard about it yet. So this would be the first time we've had, you know, to, to you know, I, I went back, listened to it had a chance to digest it, put an article about it. But uh, yeah, I thought it was pretty, uh, pretty stunning stuff from a uh, prominent radio host and uh, probably the most prominent sports radio host in the state of Michigan. There's no, there's no question. I mean, the numbers yeah. will tell you that. I mean, the way, you know, that he gets listened to by both fan bases, love him or hate him. I mean, it's, yeah, that's, that's, that's a fair statement. You put a pretty scathing out article out there and I thought it was spot on. I mean, did you, it's so irresponsible and just, you know, he kind of he kind of played it off as like <clears throat> he was innocently saying like it's not going to be safe. But what he's really doing is telling like twenty five thousand mouth breathing dipshits from East Lansing to bring stuff to assault Michigan fans with. That's what he did. He incited right. violence <laughs> and gave people ideas of how to act like complete d bags at that game in East Lansing on at seven seven thirty at night. It's just I don't know. I don't know. I. I've, I've tried to put myself in the same position and just be like, all right, if I had said something just like that, what would I, I can't even like, I don't even know where that, like that motivation to speak like that comes from. Like if, if, if last year going into the Michigan state game in Ann Arbor, you know, Michigan state, if we had gotten on this podcast and say, if you're a state fan, don't show up because don't show up in your shitty green shirts right, because, you, right. because you're probably going to be eating a battery and then try to play that off as like, Oh, I'm just looking out for you though. I'm just, yeah, it, that's, it, that's is, it. This is just a P to me. That was bullshit. That was a Mike Valeni. Like he feels sometimes. And, and if you go back in the aftermath of that game and you listen to the dialogue on that show, particularly from him, his whole his whole mentality following the the tunnel incident and everything that occurred at Michigan Stadium was that, and I almost word for word that it was exactly what Jim Harbaugh wanted. Yeah. This was what Jim Harbaugh wanted to play out because he he stokes the fire, he instigates these things, and then they happen, and it goes just as Jim Harbaugh wants it to go. Which is a crazy take when you look at the tape and you see exactly what happened in that tunnel, and then things you know as time often does. Things cool down a little bit. You still have some banter on social media. But then for some odd reason, this dipshit gets on the radio and starts talking about, you know, don't bring your wives. Don't bring your children. Don't wear your Crazy. shitty yellow shirts. You're going to be eating a battery. I just, I, I thought that that was so irresponsible. And what you're doing is for a group of people out there who are probably going to be drinking and having a good time, make no mistake. Valeni's comments are going to come back as that game gets closer. The week of that game, people are going to talk about those things. And if anything, all it did was amp up the aggression between the two fan bases. And I said this in the article and I've said it on social media. If Mike Valeni truly believes, by the way, he's, he's a Michigan state alum. So I think what a lot of Michigan state fans missed there was he was trashing his own people. He <laughs> thinks his, he thinks he thinks they're terrible people. And I think yeah, if Mike, he, Valeni, said, he said something along the lines of, I don't condone what idiots do or so. Like, right. That was I don't get right. So, so it wasn't Michigan fans. Yeah. He was basically talking about how the Michigan state fan base is full of shitheads and they're going to throw batteries at you if you show up. So don't come fine. But if he truly believes that that's the case as a Michigan state alum, as the most prominent sports radio host in the state of Michigan, maybe use that time instead to talk to your people about how to act right in a rivalry. 
put things in perspective and try to cool it down because all that rant did was turn the temperature up. I could see it in the comments. Michigan yeah. fan, I'm definitely going to be there now. I'm definitely going to be repping my maize and blue. And there's going to be more shit talk. He just added more fuel to the fire. I thought it was extremely irresponsible. And uh, yeah, man, I just, it, it added to something that's, I mean, it was so toxic after last year. People were talking about take the year off. And then it seemed, you know, people are going to talk shit on social media, but it was starting to feel like, you know what? I don't think we need to take a year off. I think ultimately things will be fine. And then this guy gets on the radio and says some shit like that. Like your, your, your wives and children will be in danger. You will be in danger if you come to this game as a Michigan fan. Completely irresponsible. Yeah. Look at, the, look at Chris Breiler at 39. I mean, a guy who routinely chooses violence. I know, man. <laughs> That's, that's what I don't see. That's how, you know, it's bad. That's yeah. I was, I was in my car listening to Nardo wick and I flipped over to Mike <laughs> Valeni and I heard this and I'm like, this is worse than anything I've ever heard Nardo say. Nardo is appalled right now. Nardo's never insulted violence at a sporting event. Oh, that's so funny. dude. Well, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Chris, there was one or two other things on the list that you sent me. I had one written down a little bit of a game back and forth. I may actually expand on this a little bit just to see where we're at with a couple things. Yeah. Um, one of the things that, and, and we could have gotten into it now would be, it would be a lot of hypothetical and it may still be next week, but the expansion of the big 10, we've, we've heard Oregon, we've heard Washington, we've heard Cal, yeah. we've heard Stanford, the big maybe, 20, perhaps. Yeah. Maybe something will actually be a little bit more, uh, out in the open. I doubt concrete by next week when we come on, but we'll, we'll let that one simmer a little bit, but that's something that we want to get into and talk about. Yeah. Take a little bit more of a look at this depth chart. Now that it's been re-released, I think Omarion Walker is now listed only as a defensive back. Kalel Mullings is now only listed as a running back. There's a couple Jersey number changes, <laughs> nothing too major, but some more stuff that we could get into as we get past an hour here. And we will, uh, I mean, dude, I, I feel I, is it too early to mid-season form? Are we? Is it too early for that for us? What do you think? What do you mean? Are we in mid-season form yet, or is that it's no? Well, I don't know, man. This this kind of feels like riding a bike. You know, we took it. Yeah. We took some considerable days, weeks off. But uh, once you get back into it, I feel like we're getting close. I feel like we're getting close. I'm very excited to actually have real football games to yes. talk about. Real and oh. and you know we've only got like what two more shows, three more shows before it's game week. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. and then you get your boys four days a week, which yeah. at a minimum four well, days a week. That can be viewed as a positive or a negative. We'll let the people decide on that, but take it how you want it. We had nearly 200 people in here tonight for the whole show. Just watch. It's not bad. It's not bad for a couple of dinks in their basements wearing hey, gaming headsets on a <laughs> <laughs> on a random Wednesday, beautiful outside, everybody's having a ball, and you decided to sit down with your boys. We appreciate it, yeah. as always. Um, and yeah, we'll be back on Wednesday next week. Uh, yeah, let me think. We have Wednesday, Wednesday, and then I'll be in Houghton Lake like I was last year. I did remember like a squall just came across the lake, and I was outside like trying to survive it. Weren't you like in a haunted? I thought you were in a haunted bedroom. Maybe was that on, was somewhere else. I was on a second story deck, like trying to get the lake behind me. And then it was like storming like crazy right when we started. Anyway, and then that the following week, yes, will be Monday. We will we will come back on that Monday as we get Harbaugh press conferences and players and the whole nine. Start to preview is, ECU. Like it's it's right. real. It's real. It's very, very real. So thank you guys. And, and, and Anthony, and to everybody else in here, I promise you, we missed you too. I'm yeah, glad man. that we're back, man. I really enjoy doing these shows and looking forward to what should be a real, real special season. Look, even when Chris and I, like, kind of knew we were taking some time off, we would still talk, like, should we do a show? We should yeah. Do we're not going to do a show. And we just kind of said, you know what, we'll take a little time. We'll recharge the batteries. We'll come back ready to roll, and, and here we are. So, And we've already run out of outro music. So That's it. That's, that's what we do every week just about. We'll see you next week. <laughs>